0: Just a warning that this podcast contains explicit language.
1: Well, if you don't know that music, you've missed out on a cultural phenomenon, the American podcast, Serial. Hi, I'm Siobhan McHugh, journalism academic and audio producer, and you're listening to The Conversation's Speaking With podcast. Today I'm speaking with Julie Snyder, executive producer and co-creator of Serial, ahead of her appearance at the Sydney Opera House's Binge Fest on Sunday, December the 18th.
0: I'm very much looking forward to coming to Australia and being warm.
1: (laughs) Well, Serial launched in late 2014 as a spin-off of the long-standing radio show and podcast This American Life, and after two seasons and 240 million downloads, It's been widely lauded as the most successful podcast in history. But where do podcasts fit in the media ecology? Film and television have been widely analysed, but audio formats have had almost no critical attention, which is why I started an online journal called Radio Doc Review. If you Google it, you'll find in-depth critiques of great narrative podcasts and audio features, analysis that's been written by acclaimed audio people. I started my conversation with Julie Snyder by asking her what strengths the audio medium has for telling complex stories compared to say, film or print.
0: I think it's much easier to connect with the the people in the story because you' you're just hearing their voice and and you're hearing their natural way of talking, and there's it's not sound bites and um it's not a polished thing. You hear emotion, but, but, as opposed to like a video thing, I, I think sometimes like in in, in in film and in documentaries, when you can, you can get all this information also by seeing somebody, but a lot of times that information that you're getting can sometimes actually make a barrier between the viewer and the person in the story because you judge, you know, so you judge the way they're dressed or you judge the way they look or, you know, the setting that they're in. Whereas I feel like in audio, you're sort of right in that, perfect sweet spot of where you're sort of getting a voice inside of your head and you're you hear emotion and you're and you're connecting with it but you kind of it it, you sort of don't have all of the information that allows you that 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 normally we're very judgy about you know yeah yeah like even in the very first episode when Adnan is talking about how he
1: doesn't have any ill feelings for Heimin and Sarah says you can—he's staunch.
0: You can hear it exactly. You know, and 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 you do hear those things when people talk, and um and you and you get a sense of like you know it's one thing to say someone said emphatically, it's it's another thing when when you just hear it and you understand you understand it. No one can ever come with any type of proof or anecdote or anything to ever say that I was ever mad at her, that I was ever angry with her, that I ever threatened her. You know, that's the only thing I can really hold on to. And it's like my only firm handhold in this whole thing is that no one's ever been able to prove it. No one ever has been able to provide any shred of evidence that it had had anything but friendship towards it, like love and respect for her.
1: I've recently been involved with a podcast that came from what was a newspaper organization, a place called The Age in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. We had an investigative journalist, a guy called Richard Baker, and it was a very pretty gruesome story about a young woman who dies by plunging down a garbage chute and she goes 12 floors Uh. to her death. Yeah, Phoebe's fall, I'll get the plug in. But um, what was amazing for Richard was he's an investigative journalist for many years. No written story he's ever done has had the kind of intense reaction that he got to Phoebe's fall. So I was wondering, is podcasting as a genre or as a medium, is, is that something different as well that has contributed, say, to the effect that Serial had, the impact?
0: Podcasting as opposed to doing radio? Yes. I'm not sure. You know, I think on something like this, I, I, I hesitate on making um, declarative statements because honestly, I, I'm, it's conjecture, right? I'm not sure. That said, I do feel like the way that people interact with podcasting is different from radio because it's not quite as passive as radio can be. Um, often with radio, you're listening because it happens to be on. You know, and so so you're driving or you're cooking or you're getting ready in the morning and you flip the radio on and you don't really have a choice on what you hear other than the station. Um, You don't have a choice on on the story that you're hearing, whereas in podcasting, because it all is on demand, I do. I do think there's a higher level of of engagement and, and making a choice and also generally, for the most part you're listening alone. um, And a lot of times with headphones or earbuds and that in and of itself is also a much more intimate way of, of interacting with media. So, so in those ways, I do, I do think that it makes sense that with podcasting, there's more of an intimate connection between the you know, the reporter or host or a storyteller then sometimes there is in, in sort of a colder medium. The word that
1: everybody uses about the style of serial was that in particular Sarah's st- uh, sort of presentation felt so uh, companionable that they thought of her as somebody who was their friend and accompanying them on this journey and, and that was obviously partly I think to do with the intimacy of the medium. But what I'd like to talk about as well, Julie, is uh, the other invisible aspects of making audio that people out there who don't do it often think it's really easy. And uh, they, they don't understand the incredible amounts of time that that go into making crafted storytelling.
0: Oh, thanks for talking about it. <laughs> That's all I want to do is talk about how hard our job is. But I agree. It eats up time.
1: I think it's made clear just by listening to the Undisclosed podcast, which I did, and that of course was made by Rabia Choudhury, who is the lawyer who put Sarah onto the case and two other lawyers, and I listened to it, and honestly, um, while there's information there, it was so poorly produced, I found it really almost impossible to stay focused on listening. Because there are things like people who talk too fast, and there's no texture, and there's music wandering in and out in a kind of a random way. But on the other hand, serial has all these beautiful elements of production. Can you talk about how, as EP, you oversaw those? Um, You know, what was the sort of format you used? Was it taken from *This American Life*, or was it? Did it evolve its own kind of grammar?
0: I mean I think that there's there's sort of the two different elements to it. There's there's production as one element which you would normally think of, you know, just the the music and and pacing. But a lot more of the work that we're doing and where our focus is is a little bit more in an editorial sense. And so we're paying a lot of attention to uh, structure absolutely. That there there are multiple ways of telling stories and when you're going to reflect on something, when you're going to have an anecdote, when you're, how you're going to frame it, or are you getting across the thing you want to be getting across, you know, and how is the writing? There's so much cheesy, cheesy writing that I think a lot of times we don't, we don't totally notice writing for radio, which is good because it's, in some ways you, sh- you shouldn't necessarily be noticing it. But man, when you have a strong writer who isn't speaking in cliches, it, you know, it's it's, it's the way you're feeling it in such a, a more emotional way, as opposed to using tired formulas and using tired tricks and, and things where you're really just going to zone out. So I think for us, we spend a lot of time just on the editing process of essentially we're we map out a structure pretty detailed structures for for every episode and for the whole story overall and then we go in on every episode and and we're pretty detailed on on mapping out structures and when do we want to do things and when is something relevant? When do you really want to know something? When is it going to have a deeper meaning for you after you already know this other thing, you know, trying to figure out where are the places that you're going to have a feeling? I think that's always what we're sort of going for is, is where are you going to have a realization or a feeling? And then obviously the, the, you know, we're looking at all of the aspects of it that were, you know, for, especially for serial season one, um, some of this stuff is, is, I've worked at, I I was at This American Life for 18 years, and Sarah Koenig had been there for, for 12 years. So, so we're pretty ingrained in the This American Life aesthetic. So a lot of this stuff was just sort of second nature to us. But then when it came to doing something serialized, we'd never done anything like that before. and And basically we were dealing with, we were like, oh my God, we're doing, you know, a 10 hour radio documentary that is not a seller for anybody. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to hear this. Um, so, so in those cases we had to kind of figure out like, what is a thing that we can do that, that makes it, that, that, that makes it sustainable that, that you want to keep on going through. And I, I think for that, um, w- we really looked at TV a lot as a, as a model because that was sort of the one place where we felt like, okay, you know, episodic, an episodic storytelling um, coming back to the same story. You've got complicated and nuanced characters, you know, so it, it felt like TV seemed like an obvious, Corollary, And so we had looked for some of the things that we could possibly kind of aesthetic tricks that we could borrow from TV. And, and that was fun. You know, that included the music that we were looking for uh, the, the, the pacing we, we did like little kind of small cliffhangers at the end of episodes. We did previously ons before the episode started. So they caught up on, on the previous episodes and, and all of that I think kind of helped to add a little bit help keep the focus on the story.
1: Previously on Serial.
0: Did anybody else use the phone? Yeah, um, Adnan, I remember he was talking to a girl. Um, he put me on the phone with her for like three minutes. I said hello to her. I
1: just remember he had told my daughter he had seen... A, a, the body of a girl in the back of uh, in the trunk of some vehicle. Just on the music, which was so uh, powerful in itself, um, as Uh as EP. I mean, I noticed that Mark Phillips he mixed it and he was putting in the music within the episodes, whereas the actual famous theme is by Nick Thorburn. I mean, you know the way music can inflect a character. So, um, I mean, you can you can make somebody seem uh, likable by having a certain kind of music or conversely seem sinister just by to, by having a certain chord come in at some point. I mean, people overdo it sometimes, obviously, in TV. Was it his choice to kind of bring that out or was it you as EP? Did you kind of call for music here or did he make those calls?
0: Uh, we make those calls. Um, we're making those calls. I mean, first of all, we're just doing it as we're writing and, and putting the story together, that there are places where we know we need music because it's helping us with a transition or we want it to underscore an idea or a piece of tape that's just happened. And so we'll go ahead and write it into the script as as we're going through and doing the edit. And then there are other places where we haven't been explicit about where music's coming in, but we just know that there will be music somewhere in there because music a lot of times just is basically what we're doing is trying to vary up the pace and, and highlight different ideas. And when a thought, changes, um, or we're turning to a new topic, that it can help as a transition there. And so sometimes we won't be explicit about those, but it's sort of understood. And Mark, uh, I we had brought in Mark, I had scored the first two episodes myself, and then we just got, we were really behind on time. And I realized that I just did not have time to both be doing the production on the episodes and doing edits, um, on the episode. So, so then we brought in Mark and Mark, Mark had a radio background. He came from working for an NPR show called on the media. So he had a pretty good sense of, of scoring for radio. Um, but yeah, so he, he would then go in and, and put in, put in music and, um, you know, then I listen and I give notes and then I say, like, can we change this and can we change this and can this come in two seconds later and can this one fade out sooner? And this music right here, I feel like it sounds too maudlin, so can we change that music? And so we're basically doing edits that way. Right. And just again on structure, because
1: I think, yeah, the structure is so crucial. With Serial One, um, we know that you didn't have the ending of, figured out when you started but did you have an actual 12 ep structure mapped out just you know from the beginning before you hit go on the first episode
0: we did. We did. I think like the, I, it might have been 11 episodes that we had mapped out. I mean, there were it, it changed. I mean, we ripped apart structures and redid them all the time. So I think at at, at some points we would have a nine episode um, structure at other times. I think we were up to as high as 14 or 15. And so it would change. Both as as we sort of started narrowing in on the story, it would also change because you think something that you planned on using in episode eight, it turns out like now that's working better in episode four. So now that changes episode eight. I think, though, for the most part, we had everything when we when we launched, we had everything mapped out. And the only thing we decided to add, and I think it's episode nine, I think that is the only episode that we didn't see We Didn't Have planned from the Beginning. That was an episode that largely just focused on Adnan Syed and a little bit more about who he was as a person, what his life was like in prison. And the reason that we had decided to do that after we started releasing episodes was largely, honestly, I think I started realizing that... um, I was getting kind of some feedback from people of being like, oh, you know, why doesn't he sound more angry? Like if I were wrongfully convicted, so that's how I know that he's, he's, he's guilty because if I were wrongfully convicted, I would sound more angry and stuff like that where I, I started realizing like, well, this actually honestly isn 't fair because really, if you add it all up together at that point, you know you're four or five episodes in if you added all of non tape up together, you've probably heard a sum total of about eight minutes of him talking out of you know however forty two hours of, of taped interviews that we had, and so for that, for me, is where I realized I was like, you know, I just want to breathe a little bit and and I want to be able to once we kind of have have gotten through some of the the specifics of the case. I think it would be really nice if we could have a second of where we can we can broaden out and breathe a little bit and talk about who Adnan is as a person. So that was the one episode that we decided to add.
1: And look just thinking again about, you know, you've you've got this dual background in this American Life and in in the podcasting and with Serial. It seems to me though that, you know, much as this American Life does has always tried to have its presenters sound natural and you know not sound that kind of forced uh, formal reporter style that other programs mm-hmm. used to have and you know that they 're very good the reporters are very good at the kind of scripted spontaneity if you like, um, but it seems to me that Sarah could not have been as natural as she was had she been on the radio just because of the problems about not using uh, strong language and stuff. Like there's a, there's a line in the first episode where she says about uh, when Christina, the lawyer, doesn't call Asia McLean, she says, this wasn't a strategy, it was a fuck-up. And it just sounds completely natural, the, the way somebody would talk in conversation. So do you, how much did that influence her ability to write so strongly and be such a strong presence, the fact that she didn't she was in a podcasting zone? and that
0: she could use her potty mouse. you know I I don't think it I honestly hardly any at all because like even that episode we ran that first episode also as an as as an episode of this American life and so because of that we needed she I know we ran an alternate version on this American life of where she says I don't know I think she says that was a mess up and it's fine it's totally it doesn't change anything. It's just it's more just with the podcast because we can. We do if we want to. But it's it's fun. You know what I mean? It does feel it does feel a little looser. But I, I don't think in any I don't think in any kind of super substantial way. She's a really strong writer. So I don't think like being able to curse or not curse is gonna is, is totally gonna affect her ability to communicate.
1: Um, and just on the thing about podcasting, I mean to be devil's advocate, we talk about the intimacy of podcasting. But given this post-Trump world that we live in, you could argue that podcasting encourages people to live in their echo chambers and that actually what we need is common ground and to build the public conversation. So have you, have you any thoughts about where podcasting might, the pros and cons of podcasting as, a, as an aid to a, getting information out there and building a more democratic society?
0: I know, but, you know, I mean, I think you can flip it on its head because I think like this is a big issue that I, I know, especially they're grappling with it, this American life right now, which is that you, d- you do start feeling like, am I just, you know, am I doing stories to the same audience over and over again, who all, you know, for the most part kind of have these, it, it, I think it's a misnomer to say that, that the national public radio audience in the United States, a lot of people say it's, it's just all a bunch of lefties, you know, And I don't think that that's actually true. I think that it's kind of broken out. It's broken out into a way where it's a little bit more even. That said, I think what we've seen on this latest election um, is that uh, there's not There's a middle and then there's a fringe and and the fringe is a lot larger than I had expected. And that fringe is not coming, is not coming to public radio and not trusting public radio. And so I think the question is, is sort of like, well, then how do we, is there a way for us to reach audiences that aren't hearing us that like, how do we do that? How do we expand our reach? And I think podcasting actually is a, is a really, really great way to do it because you're not asking somebody to go through this portal of an established national radio station. You know, you're not, it, it doesn't have an identity necessarily like the way that a public radio station does or NPR does. So I think, you know, there is a way for that, that people will discover your show and, and that can end up being more niche uh, in podcasting, but I'm not quite sure it's that partisan yet. You know, it, it, it might, if anything, it might, it might more skew age and and technology wise but i but i actually think that that we might be able to have a little bit more freedom to reach audiences that don't normally hear our show through podcasting i mean that is certainly true true with serial serial both between seasons one and season two of Serial, I think we now have over 240 million downloads. That is so much larger than we would ever ever have on a radio and on a public radio. Um, it's much larger than the This American Life audience. So, and I think necessarily it means that that we have reached people who do not listen to public radio Uh, often that that was a lot of what we were doing at the end of serial was actually trying to encourage people saying, have you ever heard of the show? This American life. You guys should listen to this American life. That's where you can hear a lot of Sarah's backstories and all these other stories that we've produced. That's ironic, isn't it?
1: Uh, Given that they are the people who
0: kickstarted you. (laughs) It's pretty heartening. Um, to think that, like, okay, well, we can, we can broaden the audience out then through podcasting. Right.
1: Can you break down, down those figures? Do you know what Serial 1 and Serial 2 got in terms of
0: downloads? I do. Let me see. Do you want me to look right now? I'm sitting in front of my computer. Um, as of, oh, this was from October 20th. It was 150 million downloads on Season 1 plus another 20 million downloads on season 1 update plus another 79 million downloads on season 2. Oh so that all added up at the end of October to 243 million downloads.
1: Yeah. I mean has it hit you that we're has it hit you that we're all studying serial in universities around the world
0: now? That's so exciting to me. I love that so much. I mean, I th- it's really exciting to me when I see that uh, high schools. Uh, the, it, it seems like it's being used a lot in high schools. And um, I really, that, that makes me feel like we're part of the canon, you know?
1: Well, yes, Julie, you are. You're definitely part of the canon. And that's where we had to leave it. If you want to hear more from Julie Snyder, you can see her in action at the Sydney Opera House on Sunday, December the 18th. So that's all from me, Siobhan McHugh from the University of Wollongong and from Julie Snyder, EP and co-creator of the hit podcast Serial. Thank you for listening to this Speaking With podcast episode. Just a reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or through TuneIn Radio. And if you liked this podcast or have ideas or suggestions for the Speaking With series, please leave us a review or comment on iTunes. (laughs) Are <laughs>